Hey guys, we've got to that point in the show where we need to start depending on listeners like you to help keep this thing going. What are we, fucking PBS? Oh yeah, you know it. I'm LeVar Burton. I wanted to be LeVar. Fuck. All right. I caught it first. Yeah, I'm hosting we... Jeopardy. <laughs> are you though? Listen guys, we, we need your help uh, to help keep the lights on as they say. Uh, we are launching our Patreon for Masters of the Cinematic Universe. Yes. Yes. And we have uh, different tiers that you can sign up for and pledge to, just like PBS. Um, you get some different real cool gifts and prizes and merch, uh, depending on the tier that you sign up for. Oh, we got all the tiers. Oh, yeah. You Back. can either be a friend it, of the show, a oh. friend with benefits. Ooh. We just we could start to get serious, or you could just put a ring on it already. Yeah. Ooh, damn. And if you uh, if you exceed that amount, uh, you know we'll send you some not safe for work picks if, if you want. <laughs> it's not safe for your eyes picks in my case, but <laughs> not safe for anything right. picks. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, guys, check out uh, patreoncom motcu. Uh, take a look at well, all the different tiers that we're offering. Lots of cool. Uh, swag coming your way from stickers to t-shirts to getting to pick the film that we uh, talk about. Yeah. The yeah. tears started at a dollar. A dollar a month. Come on, what? folks. That's it? Yep. One buck to get in on that on that number one tier. And All with right. that, you even get the live chat with us anytime you want, as well as a shout out on every episode. Right. So, come on. That's less than a cup of coffee a month. Jesus, what a steal. Yeah, guys, right? check it out. Again, patreon.com slash M-O-T-C-U. And then enjoy this week's movie. When we last left our heroes, we didn't know if Nesmith was going to make it or not. A rock monster had just fallen on top of him. And surprise, surprise, they fucking pulled his ass out. And he appears back into the uh, shuttle. Uh, he's back on the ship. He's happy. Uh, he's safe. Um, they're all happy to see him. And uh, Fred looks at Lilari and gives her a little bit of a smile. Uh, Alexander says, I see you've managed to get your shirt off. <laughs> um, that was a great line, too. It really was. I absolutely love that. Because that's also a, a Kirk Shatner nod. Oh, yeah. You know, because he, he, he tried to do that anytime he could. Um, Nesmith asks if they got the fear installed um, and somehow he grabs a shirt from somewhere <laughs> um, which is a bit of trivia Tim Allen said uh, I'm not doing the rest of this movie without a shirt on <laughs> so they had to have a shirt for him um, uh, they are back at full power Teb says um, well Nesmith says well crank it up and drop them off so they can get back to their home planet before supper uh, Teb's like well they got no reason to go back uh, they are all that's left of their people. Um, at this point, they're trying to get a hold of Mathazar or Quellic on the command deck, but no one is answering. Um, and the door opens, and Saris comes in with some of his uh, his goon soldiers. Um, guy immediately passes out, <laughs> and they get brought up to the command deck, where you see Mathazar strapped to a table. I do have an issue with the with his goon squad. The this the some, uh, some of them look like penises. Yeah, well, the suits, <laughs> just the suits were were pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, you know they didn't fit very well on some of these guys. It was they look like, like they swamp looked like things bad, condom. Yeah, like bad gay suits. <laughs> it was 
Swap things, kind of. Yeah, that works. You can tell, um, like, all the budget went to the the main bad guy. Yes, like, yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely, you know. absolutely. Yeah, because there's only like one other dude that has the things coming out the top of his head, you know. Even so, yeah, it was just a little, you know. It's a little well, yeah, on the it's because he's but. the general. He has the big ones, and then the lieutenant has the the, the slightly smaller ones. Right, it's a right. it's a fucking military badge. Yeah, I guess so. But anyway. <laughs> I'm just making shit up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So now um, we got another uh, a long clip here, but this one like does justice. And this is kind of where one of the uh, bits of trivia comes in with Steven Spielberg. This is the only day Steven Spielberg was on set for this movie. <laughs> was when they were filming the scene of uh, Nesmith talking to uh, Mathazar and Cirrus and explaining the whole situation. And um, Tim Allen actually like got really fucking choked up doing this. And... Um, like he he like after they got done with the scene he like took the rest of the day off he's like I gotta take the day off and um, Alan Rickman like when asked about it later said um, like someone had asked him like where, where's he at he goes he experienced acting for the first time <laughs> <laughs> he said that about Tim Allen that's so great uh, I was like that was like a fucking great line because apparently the whole movie all he'd been doing is in the background just like fucking with people like messing up takes and telling dick and fart jokes and like he actually was serious about something for once um oh man so this is what i call this clip to explain it to him as you would a child and uh here we go Amanda. thank god you're alive now you will face justice, Alice. At every turn, you demonstrate the necessity for your extermination. Leave him alone. You wish to save the life of this man? Yeah. Yes. Then tell me, what does it do, this Omega-13? I don't know what it does. I said I don't know. Is it a bum? I don't know. A booby trap. I don't know. I don't know. Do you think I'm a fool? That the commander does not know every bolt, every weld in his ship. Prepare a tear harness for the female. No. Wait, no! Oh! Oh! I'm not the commander! What did you say? I said I'm not the commander. Leave them alone. There's no reason to hurt them. They don't know anything. Explain. Gwen, show them the historical documents. Computer, show the historical documents of the Galaxy Quest missions. <laughs> Wonderful. You have all done far greater damage than I ever could have. 
Bravo! <laughs> Bravo! This is a moment I will treasure. Explain to him who you all really are. Tell him! Explain! Mathazar, there's no such person as Captain Taggart. My name is Jason Nesmith. I am a actor. We're all actors. He doesn't understand. Explain as you would a child. We, uh, we pretended. Oh. Yes, you understand that, don't you, Mathazar? Mathazar, I'm not a commander. I uh, there's no National Space Exploration Administration. We we don't have a uh, ship. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> that ship is that big. Inside, I've seen many rooms. You've seen plywood sets that look like the inside. It, it, our brilliant sphere is, is wire with plaster around it. And, and our, uh, <laughs> our digital conveyor is a uh, Christmas tree lights. It's a decoration. It's all fake. Just like me. It's difficult to explain. On our planet, we, uh, we pretend to, uh, to, to entertain. And, uh, I am so sorry. God, I am so sorry. So now you know. Lieutenant Lathe, hardwire the reactor core to overload. I would like to blow this troublesome vehicle to dust. Sirs, what about my people? Yes, far too simple a death for them, isn't it? Lave, open an oxygen seal on level C. Let the air in a bit for our friends. Son of Release them into space. So we get this scene where Nesmith is kind of forced to like spill the beans. Like, hey, look, this isn't real. Like, and then Mathazar still doesn't want to accept that it's not real the whole time. Yeah. I've just seen the documentaries. There's the ship. (laughs) (laughs) C was better than it had any right to be. It really was. It really Um, That's that like Spielberg's on set, you know. Yeah. Step it up. Step it up. Yeah. Really, really good stuff, man. Yeah, there was a couple. Of, there were a couple of goofs in that too. The pretended. He, well, yeah, but no. Nesmith calls himself his character Captain Taggart. Ah. Oh. At the beginning, hmm. there is no Captain Taggart, and then he says Commander Taggart after that. And well, that's because it's a ruse. There's no Captain Taggart. There's only a Commander Taggart. Oh, okay, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> and then Sarah saying, 
we're going to let the air in. And he should have said we're going to let the air out. Let the air out. Yeah, yeah. I, I was. I yeah. thought I, I was wondering. I was like, like, wait, can they not breathe oxygen? I'm like, yeah. they've been breathing oxygen right. this whole fucking time. Exactly. So anyway, just a couple of goofs. Yeah, I was wondering about that one myself. Um, so after this this heartfelt moment, which is kind of like, uh, you know, a big letdown. Uh, the Galaxy Quest crew is being walked uh, down a hallway corridor as the detonation countdown can be heard. Alexander asks, where's our happy ending? Never give up. Never surrender. Very sarcast- sarcastically. Um, Nesmith seems to have a plan um, as he hears that. And he tells Alexander, back off, you fin-headed monstrosity. You're starting to act like you did in episode 17, you scene-stealing hack. Um, and Alexander starts to kind of catch the drift of what's going on and starts to play along. Um, Alexander's, how does it feel to know you murdered us all? Um, and they start to fight, and it kind of distracts the guards. Um, which, these are the condom guards, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they spot a thing that can be used as a weapon. Alexander punches Nesmith, who grabs the weapon and hits one of the guards with it. And Alexander tackles the other guard who drops his gun, which Alexander then picks up the gun. Um, and as the guards are starting to like get back on their feet and like recover, they rush to the door, which closes, and the airlock opens, and they're sucked out into space. And we look over, and there's Fred with a shit-eating grin pushing a button. <laughs> I know he enjoyed that. He's like, I, the door was kind of sticky, so I'll get one of my boys up here with a can of WD-40. <laughs> I fucking love it. Um, Nesmith says Alexander used to pull his punches, and Alexander repeats the whole scene ceiling hack thing, and you can tell there's there's some fucking bad blood here. But they figured, you know, they had to work together. They see um, on a screen that there are thermines dying um, from, you know, the, ox- the oxygen being sucked out. Uh, Cirrus and his uh, goons are leaving the ship. Uh, as the crew is making their way back towards the command deck, they're kind of hiding, like pulling one of the old, you know, traditional stereotypes where they hide behind little pieces of uh, hallway that stick out. Yeah. Uh, Gwen tells the computer to shut down the core implosion, but it can't. So uh, Nesmith quickly comes up with a plan, and I'm just going to play this quick plan. It's a quick little clip for once. Damaged. All right, all right, listen up. This is what we got to do. Gwen, you and I, we're going to get to the core and shut it down manually. Fred, take Guy and Laliar. You find that valve shut off before those thermos run out of air. Alexander, get to the barracks and get wedged door because they can't do that. Okay. Wait, Jason, what about me? What do I do? You gotta practice driving. Let's go. Practice driving. So, he kind of gives everybody their assignments and likely tells Tommy to practice driving. Um, which kind of pays off here in a second. So now we've got, like, this is this, the part of the movie where everything starts happening at once, and I'm going to be jumping around a lot. It's kind of like the end of Big Trouble, which was another fantastic uh, Tim Allen movie that I can't go an episode without bringing up. Banyan. Banyan tree for life. <laughs> yep. So Nesmith and Gwen are running uh, to shut down the reactor where she realizes they don't know how to do that, but Nesmith says he does know somebody who does know how to do it and pulls out his Vox communicator. Uh, we then see a suburban house and uh, Brandon's in his bedroom building a model of the protector. His mom comes in and tells him to take out the garbage. He says he uh, needs 10 more minutes because he is quite busy. Who's, who's his mom? 
I didn't look up who that was. Yeah, it's Heidi Heidi Swedberg. She's oh. uh, George Costanza's wife. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I did not look yep. that up. She's so, yeah. Susan Ross. Yeah. Now that you said it, I, I definitely see it. Yep. Is that the um, one that dies from licking the uh, envelopes? Yes. The, okay. Yes, the contaminated, <laughs> the poisoned envelopes, yes. <laughs> um, he hears the communicator with Nesmith's voice, uh, and Nesmith tells Brandon who he is and that they accidentally traded the boxes that one day. Brandon says uh, he sees, um, but his name is Brandon. Um, this was actually when we first find out his name in this movie, even though we've met him a bunch of times. Yeah. Uh, Nesmith says he remembers him from the convention, that he had all the tech questions, and he was kind of short with him. Uh, Brandon's like, yeah, I thought a lot about what you said, and I'm not a complete brain case. I understand it's just a TV show. At which point, Nesmith's like, no, it's all real. (laughs) And uh, Brandon's like, oh my god, I knew it! I knew it! I knew it! (laughs) Uh, I fucking love the nerd out. Uh, But Nesmith's like, we need your help. Um, then we jump over to Alexander, who's now sneaking around the corridors, hiding from Cirrus's men, uh, where he gets startled by a noise, which turns out to be Quellic in his octopus form. Um, he says he avoided getting captured by using the Mokhtar stealth haze. <laughs> um, Alexander says, just come with him. They run off. Uh, Nesmith and Gwen are now getting directions from Brandon on how to get where they need to go for the shutdown. Uh, Brandon's like, hey, I need to get Kyle on video chat to help us out. Uh, which I was actually impressed by video chat back in 99 like that. I don't remember. Yeah, I know. I was a little, yeah. I don't remember I was, being that good back in those days. It's still not that good today most times. So. <laughs> I know. So, like, and that was pretty damn good for, like, then. Um, so, Guy, Fred, and Lilari run down a hallway looking for the valve to get uh, oxygen back into the barracks. They see a control room, but it's full of Cirrus's guys. Um, we jump back over to Brandon telling Kyle they have a level 5 emergency and they need the utilities walkthroughs um, which which uh, of course uh, Kyle has some of but Alistair has the other the other half um, so they gotta get him in on the calls also uh, Tommy's now watching the TV show with young Laredo piloting the ship and he's starting to like, mimic his hand movements to learn how to fly the ship pedal to the metal commander <laughs> I like how like the the kid, the kid version of him says it, then he says it too. It's kind of yeah. cute. It's kind of cute. It's cute. <laughs> yeah. Cirrus uh, gets informed that the commander and the crew escape custody. And he's like, "What?" And then like one of the air like the airlocked crewmen slams into the window like a bug and splats. That was a good Cirrus, by the way. Yeah, I like that. You just, oh, when you, you said what, really? you thought what? You pre- I thought you did pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, I've been working on my uh, my, my voice acting. I, I really want to get into voice acting. I guess I could just be bad guys. <laughs> I can't really do like anything else, but I could do like the gr- the grumbly bad guy voice. There you go. Um, everyone, get, you know, I got to know what you're good at. I can't do New York guy apparently. So <laughs> you got to find a niche. It's like Mark Hamill, man. Like I just saw the trailer for uh, He Man: Masters of the Universe uh, Revelation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. he's just doing the Joker again. It's fine. You know, it's his it's his niche. Yeah, that's true. That's but true. why do they call him the cock knocker? The cock knocker. Oh man, that was. I mean, uh, there's an interesting story behind that. <laughs> he punches <laughs> him in the dick. <laughs> uh, I fucking love that. That's a good movie. That was James on the Bob Strike Back, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I almost said it again. Why do they call you cock knocker? <laughs> well, there's an interesting story. Bam. <laughs> 
Um, then, uh, uh, Saris tells him to go find them, and the lieutenant's like, but my men are on there, and it's going to detonate. He doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> uh, Nesmith and Gwen are now asking Brandon which duck to use. He tells them which one, and Gwen asks, why does it always have to be ducks? Um, which I think the reason for that was because there may have been some uh, sexual misconduct going on, and they those were ways for the women to be kneeled over into the ducks. In the old Star Treks. No. Uh, he tells them there's a drop, and they drop rather quickly, and they end up in a corridor over a fan on a narrow walk plank. Uh, we get back to Alexander and Quellick, and they make it to the barracks, and they start seeing that the Thermians are dying in there, um, and the situation just escalates a little bit. Um, Brandon tells Nesmith that they have to cross the plank, but Brandon would, like, give anything to be able to see what they see right now. And, like, they're like, what, it's just a fan. Um, he's like, no, no, you're in the underbelly of the Omega-13, and it must be spectacular. And as they look up, they see this weird, like, DNA spiral thing. Um, yeah, yeah. Nesmith asks, what's it do? And I'm going to play a clip of Brandon explaining what the Omega-13 does. I'm capable of destroying pretty much everything in about 13 seconds. But myself and others are convinced that what it is is a matter rearranger, affecting a 13-second time jump to the past. Why 13 seconds? That's really not enough time to do anything of any importance. It'd be time to redeem a single mistake. What? So yeah, so he says the, the Mega 13 basically is a time travel device to go back 13 seconds into the past. That is some um, Back to the Future bullshit right there. Right. <laughs> I'm going to go back ten minutes. Nah, dude. You got a time machine. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I never understood, like, they have a time machine. They can really do anything they want. I mean, even a half hour. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> we uh, get back over to the 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 comic relief, <laughs> and a guy comes up with a suicide plan to save the Thermians. He says, I'm just a glorified extra. I'm going to die anyways. Uh, Fred looks at him and goes, have you ever thought maybe you're just the plucky comic relief? <laughs> <laughs> and he says he has an interesting idea and kind of gives him a smile. And guy's like, are you stoned? <laughs> <laughs> the answer is yes. Yes, um, he is. We get back over to Alexander and Quellick, who start using the Mokhtar chant of strength to pry the door open a little bit, which actually works. Um, and it looks like they've bought a little bit of time, but there's still some you know, serious danger here of them suffocating. Uh, Nesmith and Gwen just have to take a left and go straight through the chompers. <laughs> <laughs> I love this part. They turn the corner and see this like comically ridiculous set of hammers just smashing over and over and over. And this is where they overdubbed this to make it PG. Uh, yes. Gwen actually says, screw that. But if you look at her mouth, she says, fuck that. <laughs> yep. It's plain um, as day. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Nesmith asks how they can get through it, and Brandon asks Alistair for the sequence, and he says the sequence is 2242. Two, 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 two. <laughs> uh, Gwen is like just done with it at this point. She's like, Why is this even here? Why should we have to do this? 
Um, as she's saying this, Sarah's guys come around the corner and start shooting at them. And Nesmond says, because it's in the TV show. She's like, forget it. I'm not doing it. <laughs> this episode was badly written. <laughs> uh, Brandon says as soon as the first crusher hits, they need to go. So Nesmith grabs Gwen and they take off. It's pretty fucking crazy. Uh, at one point, his gun gets smashed. Um, and you just hear Brandon saying, go, 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 go in the background. Um, and as they get to the very last one, a giant flame comes up out of the ground. <laughs> and Gwen's like, whoever wrote this episode should die. <laughs> uh, it's fucking great. Like, I, I, I really like the scene quite a bit. I don't know. It just makes me laugh. Um, Fred is using the digital conveyor to bring up um, Gorignac, who then appears into the control room with Cyrus's men. Uh, Fred watches as Gorignac kills a couple of them and chases them off and says, it's the simple things in life you treasure. <laughs> um, Lilari plants a big old kiss on him as her tentacles start coming up behind him and like, you know, it gets kind of biotic a while. Yeah, some um, tentacle tentacle porn, man. Yeah, Tanaka. Yeah, right? Tanaka, yeah. Tanaka. Uh, Fred's pretty much into it and uh, Guy's like, oh, that's not right. <laughs> I know. His reaction is so great. Uh uh, Sarah's men are running through a corridor, being chased by Grignac, who uh, Grignac breaks the wall, and they all float onto space. Fred turns the valve, and the air comes back on in the barracks, and they're saved. Um, and Quellick tells Alexander, they did it! And then we got a, another very touching part of this movie right here. Commander Taggart has saved us! It's just not fair. <laughs> Alright, Quellick. Let's get back to the commander. I'm... I'm shot. celebrating because uh you know they didn't die um you know like how alexander's walking through the room like looking for the fucking like glory and they're like commander tigart saved us <laughs> yeah he got screwed 
That scene um, got me though, man. That yeah. scene definitely got me. Oh, then, uh, it got me too. My wife gave you know? me shit. Yeah. <laughs> Quellick gets shot, and uh, you know he pulls him in, tells you know Alexander how much he looked up to him. I thought he was a father figure. And then Alexander says the line he said he'd never say again. Oh, and he yeah, actually man. means it. I yes. know. Exactly. He actually means it by Grabthar's hammer. You shall be avenged. Fucking A, man. Alan Rickman. And, and it's funny. My wife goes, I've seen you get emotional over some questionable shit in the time I've known you. Yeah. But, but this takes the cake. <laughs> did she watch the movie with you? Yeah, yeah, she did. My wife watched me with me too, and she actually enjoyed it. She had never seen it before. She said this was a really good movie. Yeah, my wife did not watch this with me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Alexander goes out into the hallway, finds Cyrus's man fiddling with his gun, and he's possessed and just tackles the guy. Um, Nesmith and Gwen run into the right room finally, and they ask Brandon how to shut it down. Brandon says, "Just push the blue button." Nesmith's like, "That's it?" <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah." He goes. Thought it'd be more complicated. <laughs> uh, so they push the button with 20 seconds, but it keeps counting. They try to tell Brandon it's not working, but they get no response. And uh, this is why. Mother, I cannot stress enough the severity of the commander's <laughs> So <laughs> we see Brandon run outside throwing the garbage away. <laughs> And then has to run back and pull the recycling out of the garbage can <laughs> to put into the other bin. That was a short clip, but it was so good. It was a long clip. Just uh, a long. Ah, <laughs> I see what you did there. Uh, good night, oh, guys. That was good. Uh, so, as the uh, timer starts counting down, Nesmith and Gwen embrace, and Nesmith's about to say something, but it ends up not blowing up. It just stops at one. And Gwen's like, oh, yeah, it always stops at one on the show. <laughs> um, Cyrus is informed that the uh, detonation hasn't been aborted, and he's like, that's impossible. Lock, missions on, lock missiles onto the protector. Tear her apart. Alexander and the Thermians are uh, kicking ass in the hallway. Um, but Nesmus stops Alexander and tells him, hey, the Thermians can handle it. we got to get back to the command deck. Um, now I've got two clips that I'm going to play they're, they're basically back-to-back -back in the movie, but we're going to stop and talk about them in between. We have our final showdown real quick that we're going we're gonna to let play through, and then we'll, we'll break that apart. We need that armor back up. Get their forward view right now. How's my armor? Engaged. Our right, time machine get loose with that minefield. The minefield? Pedal to metal right now. Pedal to the metal. Yes, there they are. 
Get back on the tail. I can't, sir. What? Why not? Because they're coming right at us. Fire at me. I was just going to say, we neglected to mention in all the action prior to this that Sigourney Weaver's top just blew off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Completely. It's just gone. But then it was Get magically fixed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, no, go ahead. Continue. It just it, it popped out at me. Literally. No, it literally. <laughs> I was to say. You got to suspend your disbelief, though, because those aren't real. That's true. That's true. So we're, we're, we're in this kind of like final showdown battle the crew's falling into their spot she's repeating the computer alexander's like doing his his shit laredo's flying uh he he says take us into the minefield can you get closer to them and they all kind of like figure ah the magnets i got you bro we're good um somehow during this sarah's loses track of them um but when they come back on um he says go after them but the lieutenant's like well they're coming right at us so we get this game of, of uh, interstellar chicken where they're flying at each other and they're both staring each other directly in the eye. Sarah's like, I'm a general. You ain't going to fucking scare me. And I think that's kind of what uh, Nesmith is counting on at this point. <laughs> it's like, yes. okay, stay your ass right where you're at then because I'm towing mines behind me, motherfucker. Um, at which point, Sarah's is like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, but it's too late. The protector pulls up at the last second, but the mines keep going straight into the damn uh, ship, the other ship. And blow it to hell. Uh, you see Saris run to a control panel. Then the ship blows up. Um, everyone cheers. Everyone's fucking happy. It's a great day to be alive on the Protector. So I got my next clip here. Which I'll play real quick. It's nowhere near as long as that one is. Um, but I think it's kind of heartfelt. It needs to be played. Mephisar. <laughs> <laughs> You're alive. Oh, come here. The ship was a marvel as big as this. A very clever deception indeed. 
Set a course for home, Commander. Can you do that? Oh, yeah, it's just point and click. But we're gonna have to go through the black hole, though. Any objections? <laughs> All right, set her up. What's the matter, Mathis? We were hoping you could come with us. But my people have no commander. Mathis, I think your people. A great commander. So, uh, Mathazar and the Thermians come in, and he's laughing. He's like, oh, you pulled the wool over on his eyes. Great deception. It's the ship is only this big. Like, like they had planned the shit out the whole fucking time, and they weren't just getting fucking lucky. <laughs> Uh, but it's all I guess, I guess it doesn't matter that the, the fucking Cirrus got defeated and uh, you know you know Mathisar bought the bullshit uh, the historical documents don't lie um, he wants them to stay with them but of course you know they gotta go home and uh, I love that like you know uh, he's like we need a commander he goes no you got a commander and uh, gives him the salute it's just a beautiful scene yep yep um, and he's like, oh. <laughs> uh, so Tommy takes him into the black hole, um, which should be called the wormhole. They kind of screwed that up too. Yeah, that is kind of true. Black hole just destroys all. But they exactly. could use the word wormhole because wormhole was in Deep Space Nine. Oh, but the wormhole's a wormhole. Yeah, they could still use wormhole. It's a, it's a real. Uh, thing. They could use a bridge too. A bridge is on every fucking <laughs> ship, but they call it a command deck. <laughs> um. So they're heading home now. Uh, all systems are functional. Alexander says at the last minute there was an energy surge from Sarah's ship, though, before the explosion. Uh, Nesmith isn't worried. Uh, then the the lift opens and uh, Fred comes out onto the command deck, but points a gun at Nesmith, who uh, who jokes around about you know you put an eye out with that thing. Uh, but Fred gives him the shitty smile and just shoots him. Uh, then he presses a button on this little like device and he turns back into Sarah's. And then starts shooting the rest of the crew. Um, the ship is like spiraling out of control towards Earth. So Nesmith, you know, says, Oh shit, Mathazar, um, activate the Omega 13. Um, which I'm assuming Mathazar does because a DNA swirl starts coming out. Uh, Nesmith then pushes a plunger and the Omega 13 goes off. Now, this was way more than 13 seconds. <laughs> yeah, it was I know. Slow motion. It was kind of slow motion, but the words and everything came out full speed, but it still was yeah. long as fuck. Mm-hmm. But anyways, we go back 13 seconds in the past and deja vu, but this time Nesmith's ready. Uh, he punches Fred, but the crew runs over to stop him. Um, as they're pulling him away, Fred morphs into Cirrus, and um, he's about to shoot them, but Mathazar comes up and saves the day by beating him with his crutch. Never yeah, give nice up. Shot. Never surrender. <laughs> uh, then Tommy's like, hey, I hate to ruin the, uh, the good times, but we can't slow down. <laughs> uh, with Mathazar's like, hey, the ship's too big to take into the atmosphere. They need to like separate or they're going to die. Uh, which is a callback to the first episode of TNG. 
where they separate the saucer from the rest of the Enterprise, and it's the only episode they ever fucking do that in. <laughs> they did it in the movie, though. Yeah. That's but how it, they destroyed the, the... They destroyed it. They did it in the first... Yeah, the, um, the one with, with uh, the fucking guy, the Rift. Generations. Generations, yeah. So yeah. Be, they needed to do it because they needed to create one specifically for the movies. <laughs> yeah. But so. they, yeah, that's when they got the Enterprise um, E. Yeah, that's why that's why the Enterprise all the interior shots were dark because they had hide because it was they, the sets were built for TV and it didn't translate into uh, yeah movies so they had they to also shoot got new dark. uniforms which I did not like yeah yeah I agree I'm um, sorry I tangented it off there we can it's, uh, it's fine but the first episode <laughs> of TNG was the only episode they ever separated the saucer from the yeah, fucking I know, rest right? of the ship um, and they made it a big deal like oh we got to reconnect. Um, but anyways, so they, they, uh, figure out they got to split up the ship. Um, Nesmith says, uh, go ahead and do it. And thanks, Mathazar. Uh, Gwen blows Mathazar a kiss and says, goodbye, my friend. Um, Gwen, uh, then calls Fred to the command deck. Uh, Mathazar notices that Fred and Lalari are holding hands and he gives his blessing for her to go with him. Um, the ship separates and the smaller, uh, command deck heads back to Earth. Uh, Teb is now flying the main ship, which is pretty funny. Um, and then Brandon uh, takes off running through his living room with an armful of Roman candles and says this. Third day of the Galaxy Con, and Jason Nesmith and his entire crew are no-shows here at the big event. Much to the disappointment of all of these fans. Known as Quest. Bye, be back soon. Well, hey, Brandon, where are you going with all those fireworks? Well, the protector got super accelerated coming out of the black hole. And it's like nailed the atmosphere at Mark 15, which you guys know is pretty unstable, obviously. So we're going to help Laredo guide it on the voxel for frequency carrier and use Roman candles for visual confirmation. All right, all right. dinner's at 7. Well, he's outside. <laughs> uh, so we get Brandon running through the kitchen of his house, and he's got an armful of Roman candles, and uh, parents are sitting on the couch reading newspapers. <laughs> and he just says a bunch of techno babble jargon about what's going on and that he needs to get up there and like they don't even understand a word he just said he could have been such speaking. a great parent thing to say at least he's outside <laughs> at least he's outside I like how um, he's just like as you guys know that's very unstable yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great um, so the ship's coming in hot literally uh, Brandon and the rest of the nerds are outside the convention center in the parking lot guiding them in um the ship flies over and knocks him down. It's like a really great shot, too, because he like spins around and falls. Um, and the ship crashes into the convention center and very, very uh, uh, coincidentally it crashes right onto the stage. Yeah. Nice placement. Uh, oh, that's perfect. And then uh, pandemonium starts ensuing inside there until everyone calms down when the door opens. And then here's the last clip, which is going to take us out to the end of this movie.
Adventures of Galaxy Quest. So, I'm going to let this play in the background. I don't think there's any more words. Um, but, oh, I fucking love this theme. Yeah. So, the ship comes in. They get announced on stage. And they all walk out. Um, you know, like they did in the very beginning of the movie. Um, like, another crewman. The more the merrier. <laughs> fucking guy comes out. Uh, Quan and his friend. Um, and then, of course, you know, at the end, uh, Cirrus comes out, um, and everyone in the audience thinks it's some kind of fucking thing they set up, some kind of cool little fucking, like, bonus thing, and yeah. Taggart does a roll, pulls a gun out of the back of Tommy's his, uh, belt, and shoots him, and he blows up, and they all go wild. I like when Cirrus first walks out that they're shooting him with, like, Nerf bullets and shit. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's fucking great. Um, so, everyone's going wild. The announcer guy's just saying all kinds of random shit. Get the t-shirts! <laughs> Um, they, they come to the stage, uh, Taggart brings everyone up, they all take a bow together, and then we get the continuing Adventures of Galaxy Quest, um, where they, uh, you know, making new episodes, and it goes through and says all the people, um, the, the, the obvious additions are Jane Doe as, uh, Lari, <laughs> um, and, uh, Guy, now has a name, Guy Fliegman, as Security Chief Rock Ingersoll. Yeah. So he's actually a character on the show now, even though he died, uh, you know, in 1981. Somehow he's on the show. I yeah. guess he came back. I guess that's true because Star Trek did that a lot, where they have the same actor play a bunch of different people. Yeah. So. And um, actually, that's where one of my favorite gift memes comes from, when when they have Rock Ingersoll on there, and he, you know, he points and gives that that smile. Yeah. I use that a lot. In that is a good one. To people. Um, Sam Rockwell is fucking great in this movie. Uh, he's an amazing actor. He, he is really amazing is. in this fucking movie. I don't know and what I mean, it is. This was early on for him. There was a couple of movies before that that I'd seen him in. Um, but this was early on for him as well. So He like steals a lot of scenes in this movie. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, I just Everyone in this movie is fucking great. I don't know. It's, uh, it's fun. It's a fun fucking movie. That's the bottom line. That's the bottom line. Solid fun from start to finish. Yeah. Um, even like the sad parts, like it keeps you going and like, right. there's twists, there's churns, there's all kinds of shit you don't mm -hmm. think's going to happen. And then it happens and you're like, Oh, oh man, that was fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I can just keep, you know, sucking the dick of this movie right here, or I can do this the right way. <laughs> I am a movie critic by trade. And until recently, I got paid to tell you people which movies merely stink and which ones you shouldn't screen near an open flame. Well, I'm putting the burden of lousy movies back on you. It's very simple. If you stop going to bad movies, they'll stop making bad movies. If the movie used to be a TV show, just don't go. After Roman numeral two, give it a rest. If it's a remake of a classic, rent the classic. Tell them you want stories about people, not a hundred million dollars of stunts and explosives. People, it's up to you. If the movie stinks, just don't go. Just don't go. Please, you love me. 
really lovely. It stinks. It stinks. It stinks. Are you not entertained? All right, so uh, Eric, how do you feel on this movie? I mean, who doesn't love a Tim Allen movie with catchphrases in space to infinity and beyond? Never give up. <laughs> never surrender. Um, yes. I love this movie, man. It's I I kept saying this is better than it should be, or better than it has any right to be. Um, the stars kind of aligned on it, from the special effects. Stan Winston, you said, which is you know now that now that I know that that's the guy, it all makes sense. Um, it was just a funny, like well written, heartfelt script, and uh, it worked on a lot of levels for me. So with that said. I'm going to give this movie a solid 3.9 out of 5 stars. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of what you said already, Joe and Eric, is, is how I feel about it. This movie was fun, like I said, from start to finish. It had the feels in the right places. It wasn't, they weren't overused. They were done very well. Um, special effects, everything, the acting. I'm not the biggest Tim Allen fan, but he pulled it off in the end. And it was funny. We mentioned how Ramis pulling out when he, uh, when he, when Tim Allen was was signed on. Afterwards, how Ramis said that he did a great job with it. So, um, so yeah. I mean, all that said, I I will also give it a 3.9. I can't quite push it over to that, you know, rarefied air of a four out of five, but. It definitely deserves a 3.9 because it's it's a movie I'll I'll one of those if it's on I'll probably watch it kind of thing so yep really dug it. I'm going to uh, agree with all you said everything's perfect like um, I think this movie was cast perfect and I think I know Tim Allen like you can rub people the wrong way but I think he was perfect for this role because he was supposed to rub people the wrong way. Oh yeah yeah he, he's supposed he, to be this like star that like. Nobody yeah. can really stand, but like except for the people who love him, and the people who love him fucking love him. Yep. But to everyone else, he's kind of an asshole. Yeah. So I, I mean, I just I think they did a fucking perfect job casting this movie. I can't think of anyone else I would put in any of the roles. Um, like that doesn't happen often. Usually, I'm like, well, they could have changed this person, or they could have changed this. I don't really think they could have done anything different cast wise for this movie. That no, made nothing would have made it better. I agree with you. Um, in the very beginning of the. Uh, the Never Surrender documentary. There's a quote that comes on from um, from a guy, and he, and he I can't remember who it was, but he says there's four perfect movies, and like one of them is The Godfather, and like one of them is like another movie that you expect to be there, and then he says Galaxy Quest is number four. <laughs> uh, and I was like, damn. And uh, you know, I started thinking about it more and more. I think about this movie, like this movie, like when it came out, was like for the fans, like. Yeah. It was for the people who like didn't weren't represented well. It's very similar to fanboys in that aspect. Except for, you know, this is Star Trek versus Star Wars. But uh, I mean this is the best Star Trek movie I've ever seen. Yeah. Well yeah, JJ Abrams it really said is. that when yeah. he was promoting uh his first Star Trek in two thousand nine. Yeah. He said e- that even we in all uh, know. <laughs> the documentary, Damon Lindelof's in there, JJ Abrams yeah. is in there, Paul okay. Shear is in there. I mean like everybody's in this documentary right. talking about how great this fucking movie is. Yeah. Um, you know, finding out a lot more of the background behind it also just helps me appreciate it even more. Sure. The stuff that's going on. You know, you have the late Alan Rickman in this movie. Like, it's it's just... And anybody who watches this, 
even if they go into it like, oh, that's going to be fucking stupid because I don't like this kind of movie. They watch this movie and they're like, oh, this movie's fucking great. Yeah. Like, my wife who doesn't like much of anything like this movie. <laughs> like, she usually just tells me I'm immature and I like stupid shit. And so, like, when she liked this, I was like, wow. Um, the the design, the characters, you know, even the CGI for that time frame, like, everything worked. Yes. Um, I, I, I know it's weird because, like, it's not, like, what you think of as, like, your stereotypical, like, great movies. Um, but then again, I did give Idiocracy a five, so... Uh, my my ratings are a little bit different, but I'm gonna give this like a four point seven because yeah. I think this is fantastic and I will watch it anytime it's on. I respect that. Um, and to me, that's what that's you know, like I've always said, my rating of a movie depends on how much of my time I will give to it. Like, right. Right. It doesn't matter comparatively to anything else or genre or anything. If if I'm my time is my time. So if I'm willing to give my time to something, it deserves a good rating. Yeah, yeah I'm with you, man. I bu- I buy it. I feel like actually, like thinking back now, Search and Destroy should have got a negative rating because it owes me time. <laughs> oh shit! It owes me time. Yeah, like I can't never get that time back. So four point seven, uh, and a pair of three nines. Pair of three nines. Yeah. That sounds right to me. Yeah, I, I think we can safely recommend this movie to anybody. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so, uh, do you uh, know what we're doing next? We're thanking I, our. I members? do, I do. Uh, next up, it's going to be the film, Richard Kelly film Donnie Darko. Uh, very, it's a, it's one of those love it or hate it, hate it movies, and it confused a lot of people. So I'm going to do my best to uh, college professor this thing, man, and, and get to the fucking bottom of it. And hopefully yeah. we will be able to lay it out in a, in a simple and easy-to-follow way. I don't think it'll be as fun as this movie, though. Oh, definitely not. It's, it's <laughs> no, funny no. because this is – Donnie Darko is something that I'll have to actually put effort in, even though I'm not leading the, the episode. Yeah. I, yeah. Need a, I, need a, I need to devote some time to this so that I'm, I'm – prepared i don't want to be ill prepared for this one myself as um, well you know um so that's going to be next guys so get excited for that yeah um I'm definitely yeah. we also uh want to give a special thanks to the people who like make this possible well the person who at least this at this <laughs> point makes this possible we need some more of you guys to get in on this thing yeah you here. people need to get on the stick what with do you mean folks? you people I mean, yeah exactly um you know yeah definitely Derek, get on you it. let me down Come on, man. It's, you were it, supposed to say, what do you mean, you people? You what people. do you mean? We know. I, know. Ah, I was on. rambling gotta... on. I should have done it. Doug, Doug was Ben Stiller. I was RDJ. And you got to be Michael <laughs> B. Jackson. All right. Come on, you people. You got to get on a stick. What do you mean, you people? What do you mean, you people? You <laughs> Thank go. you. Thank you. Thank you for, uh, for like entertaining that. You're welcome. <laughs> um, but we do have at least one Patreon at this point. We do. And that is a very special person, especially to Mr. 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 Christ over there. That's true, because it is a uh, it's a progeny of mine, Hannah Christ. Yeah. Thank you so much for being a uh, Patreon member. Yes, thank you. you. Know. If anybody else wants to get on and and, and join uh, Miss Hannah Christ, which I like how you pronounce it, Hannah. That's actually a yeah, way cooler name. Yeah, that's the Swedish thing. That's the yeah. that's the Swedish way. So that's a cool way to pronounce it. I, I like yep. that. I'm gonna start calling every person with that name that from now on. <laughs> You're gonna piss off a lot of people. Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. My name's Hannah. Exactly. Yeah. But oh, and it's Hannah. Christ. 
<laughs> I'm trying to cash in on those family dollars. Uh, exactly. Um, but yes, if you want to join her, you can uh, also do so by going to uh, patreon.com backslash MOTCU. Yeah. Yeah, throw Please us do, folks. Throw a us dollar a, a month. A buck, Come on. Yeah. Less than a cup of coffee a month will get your name right on the air and we'll, we'll be forever thankful to you. We also got a special chat, which we don't use yet. But uh, Yeah, yeah, that'll happen when we get more people. <laughs> and some other benefits if you want to like get in there. But uh, we do appreciate you guys joining through with us on this another, these long episodes. Uh, they're, but they're fun. Yes. So we're going we're gonna to keep doing this. And uh, if you don't like it, well, I mean, you don't have to listen. But would you please at least download the episode? Yeah, that's <laughs> all you have to do. Set up an auto-download. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I'll I mean, we don't the, care uh, if you Facebook. actually listen or not as long as you give us numbers. Yeah, right. numbers are great. Go to uh, the Facebook group. Join. You know, we can. Uh, we have to up our posts, I think. But yeah, uh, yeah. you yeah. know, once we get some more involvement, that'll be easier to do. You guys can give us suggestions for films that you would like to hear us tackle. And, you can also uh, post reviews of regular Masters of the Universe toys. That too. <laughs> that too. I'll allow it. I allow He's it. From time to time. He's consistent. Yes, he is. He is. Good guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. It's the content. That's all we're asking. That's right. Um, yep. So, yeah, um, I don't know. I've never actually asked for a store, but if you want to give us a review on Apple, uh, give it five stars if you can. Yeah, please. Um, I mean, you can give us less, but it would be really awesome if you would give us five. Right. Yeah. Just like the download thing. Yeah, yeah. Down- I, I don't care if you actually <laughs> listen to it or tell people about well, I mean, if you want to tell people about it, it's cool. But, you know, you don't have to actually listen to it yourself. We won't make you listen to it. Just download it so I can get the numbers up. Right. Exactly. Well, yeah. on that note, there's only one thing left to do, gentlemen. Lights. Camera. Fuck off. Do you know anyone with a birthday? Get them some custom art at artofericpabone.com. Want to impress your significant other on your anniversary? Skip the wilted flowers in the dirty CVS teddy bear. Commission a custom family portrait at artofericbabone.com. Maybe you're just like me and you like unique pieces of art celebrating your favorite films, comics, and pop culture. Head to artofericbabone.com and shop till you drop. And don't forget, MOTCU listeners get special discounted pricing on all custom art. Don't pay some cookie-cutter bullshit from Hobby Lobby. I'm pretty sure child labor was involved in that painting of a cow you just had to have. Be a hero and support local art at artofericbabone.com. Mm-hmm.